What is good, everybody? I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and welcome to SB Nation's Sunday Late Night Wrap-Up, where you'll find out exactly what happened in every game that was played on Sunday. Last week, the early games had plenty of action. In week two, it was all about the late games. Three of the four games in the late afternoon window ended on the final play, but Before we get to any of that, we have to start with Sunday Night Football, which was an amazing game between the Ravens and the Chiefs. It all began with Lamar Jackson throwing a pick six to Tyron Matthew, and it ended with the Ravens at their 43-yard line on fourth down, needing a single yard to seal the win. The offense is staying on the field. The ball is at Baltimore's own 43. Jackson winds up in the shotgun. He takes a quick snap. Jackson running to his left. He's got the first down, and the Ravens are going to win. Lamar Jackson running left, takes it out to the 45. He picks up two. It's a first down, and the Ravens are going to get a big early season victory. What about the guts of that call? John Harbaugh has some big ones. Stones. And what an improbable win for the injury-plagued Ravens coming off that game Monday night. Ryan Radke and Ross Tucker on the Westwood One call. Stones indeed, Mr. Tucker, as John Harbaugh puts the ball in the hands of his best player to get in the victory. You could actually see a shot of Harbaugh asking Lamar Jackson if he wanted to go for it before the play, and then he says, okay, let's go. Ravens convert. They take home the 36-35 victory. Lamar Jackson snaps his personal three-game losing streak against Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes snapped his streak of never throwing an interception in September. And Baltimore snapped Kansas City's winning streak in September at 15 games. The Ravens shredded the Chiefs' defense for 481 total yards, including 251 on the ground. Mahomes did throw for 343 yards, but Kansas City was shut out in the fourth quarter. God, I wish that happened two years ago in the Super Bowl. Anyway, there are two undefeated teams in the AFC West, and neither one of them is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now let's look at some of the games that were in the late afternoon window. In Arizona, the Cardinals and the Vikings went back and forth all day to the tune of eight different lead changes. Kirk Cousins got the ball back with just over two minutes left in the game, and he drove the Vikings 58 yards in nine plays to set up Greg Joseph from 37 yards away. Snap, spot, the kick is up, and the kick is no good! He missed it wide to the right! He missed it! And the Cardinals win it 34-33! A missed extra point, and now a missed field goal at the gun! And Arizona's 2-0! Oh, he pushed it, David! Pushed it to the right! Oh my goodness, magic has happened! Can you taste it? That's Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Joseph pushes it wide right, and the Cardinals get the 34-33 win to move to 2-0. Kyler Murray lit it up again on Sunday. 400 yards passing, four total touchdowns in the game. He now has nine total touchdowns through two weeks this season. On the flip side, Things are getting away from the Vikings. They are now 0-2 after losing in overtime in Week 1 and on the final play of the game in Week 2. 
In Seattle, the Titans tied the game on a one-yard Derrick Henry run with 29 seconds left. So they went to overtime, and in OT, after each team punted once, the Titans got serious. Derrick Henry right for 12. Derrick Henry left for four. Derrick Henry right for one. Derrick Henry left for four. And that set the stage for Randy Bullock from 36 yards away. Snap. Set. Kick. Go! these titans yes 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 the impossible situation possible everybody said it couldn't happen and it happened overcoming their own mistakes and finding a way to beat seattle in seattle how about that so the titans win the super bowl Oh, oh that's right it was just week two Someone needs to tell Mike Keith and Dave McGinnis on the Titans radio network. Nonetheless, Tennessee wins it after racking up more than 500 yards in total offense, including 318 in the second half. Seattle actually led this game 24-9 at halftime and could have lost it earlier when it looked like Russell Wilson was in the grasp in the end zone. Instead, they said he was at the one-yard line. Seattle punted. That set the Titans up with good field position. Like I said, they ran it with Henry. They get the job done. Speaking of Henry, ho-hum, 35 carries, 182 yards, and three touchdowns for him. Julio Jones also had 128 yards on six catches, and he had a TD called back on what looked like a bogus replay review to me when they said his foot was out of bounds. And in case you're wondering, yeah, he's on my fantasy team, and I know you don't care. Russell Wilson threw for 343 yards and two touchdowns in the game, but the Seattle offense stalled in the second half. Punt, touchdown, punt, punt, punt. Not great, Bob. To L.A. we go, where the Cowboys and Chargers exchanged field goals in the fourth quarter to tie the game at 17. Dallas got the ball back, just under four minutes to go. They go 49 yards in 11 plays to just sneak into Greg Zerloin's range, and with four seconds left on the clock, he boots a 56-yarder as time expires to give the Cowboys the 20-17 win. And yeah, I would have played that call for you too, but it stunk. For the Cowboys, Tony Pollard and not Zeke Elliott ran for 109 yards. Both guys had touchdowns, and they are 1-1. The Chargers are also 1-1. They're going to have to chalk this one up to self-inflicted wounds. They were penalized 12 times in this game for 99 yards with not one but two touchdowns taken off the board. Los Angeles is 8-17 in one-score games since the start of the 2019 season. Let's go to the final late game now, the Bucks and Falcons in Atlanta. Unlike the others, it did not come down to the final seconds, although it was a three-point game going into the fourth quarter. And then the champs scored 21 unanswered points thanks to a Tom Brady touchdown pass and two pick sixes by Bucks safety Mike Edwards for the 48-25 win. The victory is Tampa's 10th straight win. That's a franchise record. And the ninth straight win for Tom Brady over the Falcons. Speaking of Brady, he threw five touchdown passes in this one. Besides the one to Godwin I mentioned earlier, he also threw two to Mike Evans and two more to Rob Gronkowski. Brady and Gronk are now just one touchdown behind Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates for the second most of any duo in NFL history. The Falcons, meanwhile, have lost seven straight games, including three of those to the Buccaneers. To the early games now. 
Despite banging his hand on the helmet of a Colts defender, Matthew Stafford drove the Rams down the field for a 38-yard field goal with 2 minutes and 33 seconds left in the game that would be the eventual game winner, 27-24 Rams. The Colts had a chance after that field goal, but Jacob Eason threw a pick to Jalen Ramsey to end the last real threat. And if you're still actively listening to me at this point, you heard me say Jacob Eason threw that pick and not Carson Wentz. That's because Wentz was hurt after getting hit by Aaron Donald in the fourth quarter and left the game with an injured ankle. And yes, that is the same foot that it was operated on in the preseason. After the game, Frank Reich said the ankle was pretty bad and that there was no way Carson Wentz could have gone back in. Wentz, for his part, said, quote, tried to tape it up, spat it up, do everything I could to get out there and finish the game. It's a bad feeling to not be out there, especially in that situation. You kind of feel like you let the team down a little bit. It's definitely frustrating, but it's football. Meanwhile, the win moves the Rams to 2-0 on the year, the fourth straight season they've done that under Sean McVay. Staying in the NFC West now, the 49ers defense almost let the game slip away last week in Detroit. This week, they were much, much better. Nick Bosa had two sacks and his defense had a goal line stand and a blocked field goal to hold the Eagles to just 11 points in the 49ers 17-11 win. San Francisco's offense was not sharp in this one, but they did piece together two touchdown drives over 90 yards that took up 13 minutes of game time. And by the way, this is the fifth time in franchise history that the 49ers have started 2-0 with both wins coming on the road. The last three times that's happened, they've gone to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, the bigger news from this game, injuries. The Eagles suffered the biggest loss. Defensive end Brandon Graham tore his Achilles tendon in the second quarter. He will miss the rest of the season. He had only missed one game since 2011. Also, offensive lineman Brandon Brooks left the game in the second quarter. For the 49ers, Trey Sermon, Jermichael Hasty, Kyle Juszczyk all left in the fourth quarter. Elijah Mitchell was banged up as well with a shoulder injury, but did come back into the game. The 49ers are now down to their fifth running back. Yay. Staying in the West, but switching over to the AFC, the Raiders had a chance to send a message to the rest of their conference, and they did not miss the opportunity. Derek Carr threw for 382 yards and two touchdowns, and the Raiders put it on the Steelers on Sunday, 26-17. Bad news for Pittsburgh linebacker T.J. Watt left the game with a groin injury in the second quarter, and Las Vegas took advantage, gaining almost 55% of their yards after halftime. No word yet on if Watt will be able to play next week against the Bengals. But for the Raiders, it's two wins in two weeks over Baltimore and now Pittsburgh, and they play the Dolphins at home next week with a chance to go 3-0. Things were not going great for the Browns in the second quarter. They were tied with the Texans. Baker Mayfield had just thrown a pick. And then he tried to tackle the returner, and his left shoulder popped out of place. But instead of missing a snap, Baker came back into the game, and the Browns scored points on four straight possessions to help them earn a 31-21 win. After the game, Miles Garrett said, Baker Mayfield's like Brett Favre 2.0. And then he added, less picks, though. On the day, Baker was 19 of 21 for 213 yards with two total touchdowns and that interception. Tyrod Taylor was also injured for the Texans, which means Davis Mills had to come in and take over a quarterback. He was not very good, but the real story is this. Houston plays Carolina on Thursday in week three. If Tyrod Taylor can't go, there is another quarterback on the roster in Houston that's not injured right now, and it ain't Davis Mills. 
head coach David Culley was asked whether Deshaun Watson could play next week, and he said, quote, we'll have to see. There is one more factor, though. Even if the Texans could actually convince Deshaun Watson to suit up because of all his legal issues, the NFL could still place him on paid leave, which would bring us back to Davis Mills under center. Speaking of injured quarterbacks, we go to Chicago now, where Justin Fields got his first extended look in the NFL thanks to a second-quarter knee injury to Andy Dalton. Fields wasn't great. 6 of 13 for 60 yards and an interception to go with 30 yards rushing. But thankfully, he didn't really have to be that great because Joe Burrow was terrible at points in this one. The former Heisman Trophy winner threw interceptions on three straight pass attempts at one point, including a pick six, and his Bengals fell to the Bears 20-17. to Asked after the game if Fields will start next week, head coach Matt Nagy said, quote, I'm not going to get into any of that. When Fields was asked the same question, he said simply, quote, I'll be prepared. Let's go to Miami now where the Dolphins were hosting the Bills. And remember last week when Josh Allen told everyone not to panic after they lost to the Steelers? Turns out he was right. Allen threw two touchdown passes. Devin Singletary ran for a touchdown and the Bills shut out the Dolphins 35 to zip. It was a dominating performance from Buffalo. Congratulations go to Josh Allen. He reached the 10,000-yard passing mark for his career in his 45th start. If that sounds familiar, that's because Bills quarterback Jim Kelly reached the 10,000-yard passing mark for his career in his 45th start. Buffalo has won six straight over Miami, doing so by an average of 20 points. It was the second-worst shutout loss by the Dolphins at home since they got whooped 43 to nothing by New England in 2019. Even more upsetting for the Dolphins, however. Tua throws it behind the intended receiver, Waddle. It's incomplete, and the ball will go over to the Bills on downs. Boy, Tua, Tua looks hurt there, too. Goodness. And Spencer cracked him. He's just getting zero time to throw, and that was a quick release. And he, he is just, hurt. He got popped. Holding his ribs and looking yeah, up the field. Is. Mm. WQAM Dolphins Radio Network on the call. Tom Palacero of NFL Media says that Tua suffered bruised ribs. X-rays were negative, but he is going to have an MRI Monday to determine the extent of the damage. To MetLife Stadium we go now where the Jets were hosting the Patriots, and we all know that stat about Bill Belichick and rookie quarterbacks. Well, guess what? You're about to hear it again. New England forced four Zach Wilson interceptions and easily handled the Jets 25-6. Since becoming the Patriots head coach, get ready, Bill Belichick is 22-6 against rookie quarterbacks. It got so bad, Zach Wilson was getting booed by his own fans. And to be honest, I really can't blame them. The Jets have lost 11 straight games to the Patriots and 11 straight games in the month of September. Yuck. Meanwhile, the other rookie quarterback in this game, Mac Jones, 22 of 30, 186 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. But thanks to rushing touchdowns by James White and Damian Harris and field goals by Nick Folk, New England had all the scoring they would need. In New Orleans, the former Jets quarterback Sam Darnold sure looked a lot better than the guy that replaced him. Facing a Saints team that was down eight assistant coaches because of COVID-19, Darnold threw for 305 yards and two touchdowns in a 26-7 romp over New Orleans. Give Carolina credit, Sean Payton said after the game. It had nothing to do with us being shorthanded with coaches or us being away or COVID. All of those would be excuses. 
They played better than us today and deserved to win the football game. Saints were also missing five week one starters in this game due to injury. They go to 1-1 one and one while the Panthers move to 2-0. and oh. Speaking of surprising 2-0 and oh teams, come on down Denver Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater, 328 yards and two touchdowns. Cortland Sutton goes off for nine catches, 159 yards, and the Broncos top the pathetic Jacksonville Jaguars 23-13. Denver is 2-0 now for the seventh time in the last nine years. And the Jags, meanwhile, stink on ice. They have lost 17 straight games. Trevor Lawrence led an 83-yard touchdown drive to open the game, but after that, Jacksonville managed just 106 yards of offense the rest of the way. Lawrence did have a touchdown, but through two interceptions, he now has five to start the year. You are so disappointing on so many levels. That's going to do it for this edition of the Late Night Wrap-Up. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please follow the SB Nation NFL show. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. As we always say, if you drop a question in your review, by law, we have to read it. If you want a longer breakdown of these games, make sure you check out Monday Football Monday, which will be out on Monday. Shocking, I know. That's with Pete Sweeney and RJ Ochoa. Pete's going to be in a miserable mood after his Chiefs lost the game, so you're definitely going to want to tune in for that. Enjoy your week, everybody. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk tomorrow. <laughs>